Welcome to the latest episode of EG Like Sunday Morning. This week, we welcome back our intrepid reporter, Alex Daniel, a survivor of the very first episode earlier this year, and I'm delighted to give a Sunday morning debut to news editor Pui Guan Man. Great to speak to you both. How have your weeks been? It's been all right, thanks. It's been pretty hectic, but um, I'm, you know, I'm honoured to be uh, to be making my <laughs> debut on EG Like Sunday Morning. Good. And Alex, I know it's been quite a busy week for you. I'm glad to see the back of this budget. <laughs> I really am glad to see the back of this budget. Uh, obviously, it's a pleasure to be in the podcast. Yeah, the, the, the B word uh, has been dominating the week. And, and Alex, uh, you were all over it like uh, Rishi Sunak on a can of Mexican Coke. Uh, <laughs> so you, you, uh, you tweeted up a storm on the day and then you led our content. So what are the need to know budget headlines? Yeah, so uh, Rishi Sunak said that this was a budget to unite and level up the country, which looks like a pretty tough task after the the massive economic hit that the UK is taking from this pandemic. Um, In many senses, it's really unlike any other budget delivered by a Conservative Chancellor. Um, There was a, a lot in there. He's extended the business rates holiday. He's extended the furlough scheme. Um, he's extended the VAT cut until the summer, at which point um, they will begin to taper off gradually. Um, and that will come as some relief to retail and hospitality. Um, it's certainly not a permanent solution, but it, um, I think, is designed to, to help those sectors restart um, as we unlock uh, from the pandemic. Um, he's also extended the stamp duty exemption to the end of June, um, which will be a boost to house builders. Um, mm. It also very much looks like a kind of buy now, pay later strategy. Um, COVID support measures will break the 400 billion mark over the next year or so. Um, And once we get to 2023, the UK is going to have to start paying for it. Um, (laughs) There's going to be various tax hikes uh, for both big business and indeed to working people. Um, It's kind of be a a general tightening of the fiscal belt. Um, Most sort of Interestingly, he's hoiked corporation tax, which was expected, um, but he's taken it from 19% to 25%, Mm -hmm. um, which is incidentally just a feather away from what Jeremy Corbyn proposed in 2019 at 26%. (laughs) Um, Most commentators expect it to go up, but only to about 23, maybe 24. Um, Sunak's the first chancellor to raise corporation tax like this since Dennis Healy in 1974. Um, on the other hand, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) On the other hand, for big corporate occupiers, um, Sunak wants to get them spending again. Um, There's been a a year of very little investment during all the Mm. uncertainty, and he's now announced a so-called super deduction, which will essentially let companies cut their tax bill by as much as 25p for every pound they invest. So, um, hopefully, it will get investment moving again. Um, He also threw in 400 million of extra funding for museums, theatres and galleries. We've run a lot of stories about central London business groups calling for things like this. And he's also bringing in a 5 billion grant scheme for high street businesses to try and get some of the smaller shops, pubs, hotels and businesses that have been hardest hit by the pandemic um, up and running again. Um, as lockdown lifts. Um, That will apply to nearly 700,000 companies. Um, There's loads more stuff as well. There's free ports. Um, There's various uh, big headlines that 
um, he's sort of that didn't quite make the cut as well on the budget, but um, it's kind of so numerous that it sort of hmm. can't really run and, through them all. But um, and for our northeast listeners, he, he gave a, a boost to the Darlington office market, of course. Exactly, the Darlington Darlington office market. Um, everyone who's a stakeholder in that will have been jumping for joy, <laughs> I'm sure, after he announced that the Treasury, part of the Treasury was going to move up there, um, which will be a boost for, for that town. And I think there, there was a real focus in the budget on the kind of the levelling up agenda yeah. and on putting money into parts of the country that are not London and that need some more money. There has been a bit of controversy about the fact that a lot of those areas are conservative controlled areas in terms of the MPs and that it might be a bit of a political play. Um, E.g. couldn't possibly comment. Um, but um, that was a real focus in the budget. Um, it actually had Sadiq Khan um, concerned yesterday as he launched his mayoral bid that London was going to get left behind, um, which a lot of people have been talking about, that London will get left behind by the levelling up agenda, mm. um, which is another argument for another day, but it's an interesting point in this budget as well. That's something Sam and I discussed uh, on this very podcast uh, a week or two ago, and uh, I know you were you were playing budget bingo, Alex, and there were a few things that, that weren't stamped on your card. Yeah, I was. I played budget bingo so that no one else had to. Um, <laughs> so a couple of the big ones that he missed, um, we were expecting, uh, or some people were expecting a hike to capital gains tax, um, which would have been big news for property as well. Um, that failed to materialise. Um, I think last year it was uh, Rick, Rishi Sunak um, commissioned a review into how capital gains and various other uh, taxes like inheritance tax would work. Um, people expected uh, a change to capital gains tax, which didn't happen. Um, capital gains thresholds have actually been frozen until 2026. Um, I think watch this space. Experts still expect an overhaul in the future, um, but uh, people have been calling it great news. People are very happy about this. Um, there's also uh, potential very welcome news for some landlords. Um, there's no extension as of yet to the ban on evicting commercial tenants. Mm. Uh, the policy was set to end at the end of this month and is still set to end the, at the end of this month. Um, and you know, people have been very, some people have been very happy about this. I think various others are kind of expecting that there will still be some change to this and that Sunak will announce some measure over the coming weeks to make provisions for retailers who, some of whom will, um, occupiers will still not be allowed to start trading. Um, but the evictions ban will have come to an end, which obviously wouldn't make a lot of sense. It would be quite a strange thing for people to be evicted if they weren't allowed to open their doors yet. So, again, watch this space. Um, the other two big ones um, were business rates reform. Um, we sort of knew that they weren't going to um, announce any wide sweeping reforms to business rates in this budget. Um, but I think people were still disappointed that um, there was sort of this sticking plaster measure of just extending the business rates um, moratorium. Um, that was kind of seen as sweetening the deal. Um, they've definitely pushed business rates reform into the long grass until later this year. 
um, when I think there's going to be a review into that. Mm -hmm. um, and finally, there was also the build to rent market wasn't particularly happy either. Various people got the feeling that the government is more focused on home buyers than making mm -hmm. renting better um, with the, you know, the stamp duty extension. Um, I think the chief executive of Watkin Jones um, said that there was definitely more to be done for the private rental sector. Um, and that if they really want, if the government really wants to level up towns and cities, then they need to, um, you know, pay sort of pay fair attention to the fact that there are so many more renters now than there maybe have been in recent in previous years. And I know uh, we all, we've all been inundated with comment this week, and I, I know you've both been speaking uh, to people in the market, uh, recording podcasts and, and publishing uh, articles. Um, so how would you both sum up the industry reaction to the budget? Who wants to go first? <laughs> <laughs> I'll go first. I mean, I think it seemed like to, to me, um, it seemed to be a budget of... Um, uh, you know, allaying short term fears rather than boosting uh, confidence uh, mm. as well as especially I think well, I mean, because it's so lacking in the long term, but I think everyone kind of accepts that that is uh, something that's had to happen while everyone tries and figures out, you know, what what the exactly what the recovery is going to entail from from the pandemic, um, which continues to, you know, wreak uh, havoc on the market. Um, but I think the the kind of the broad sense of it that I'm getting is that um, there hasn't really been any measures or you know any kind of heavy-handed policies in particular that have put off um, uh, capital coming into the UK. So um, there isn't really, I guess, any reason for investors to feel dissuaded, you know, from 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 investing into the UK. I guess, um, which is a, a nice positive to take away from it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I got the same sort of sense. I think um, one person, I can't remember who now, but one person described it as the buy now, pay later budget, um, sort of very much um, yeah. kicking things into the long grass, um, addressing our problems later um, with these some of these tax hikes. I think people were generally pleased. They welcomed extensions to the furlough scheme. They welcomed the fact that the government was going to keep... Um, the kind of the retail economy on life support for a while and um, not just let people drop off at the cliff edge, which I think there was genuine concern that um, some sectors would just get completely left behind. So that's a positive. Um, so, yeah, I think I'd agree that in terms of reaction to that short term, satisfied, long term, lots more work to do. Um, I think there was real mixed mixed feelings on this corporation tax increase. I think people, mm. generally speaking, um, even people who had um, quite a lot to lose from it, some of the big companies did sort of understand that this is a reasonable policy. It's kind of a tax on profits. Um, it's not going to apply as much to small businesses. I think the threshold is something like £50,000 profit a year. Um, then you're not going to have to worry so much about it. It won't rise. I think it's still 19% then. Um, but I think there are concerns. Um, and I think people maybe at the more uh, economically conservative end of the market were not particularly pleased with it. As I said earlier, it kind of mimics this Labour policy, Jeremy Corbyn's <laughs> Labour policy of all people in the 2019 election of raising corporation tax by quite a lot. 
Um, and although it's going to be offset by the super deduction that I mentioned on investing, um, it's uh, definitely not what I think some um, people in the business world were expecting from this Conservative Chancellor. I would just add as well on that super deduction um, point, I think there was quite a bit of backlash that um, it seemed to focus on new plant and machinery and not actually into um, investing into property structures. And and um, yeah, I think um, I was talking to um, uh, Melanie Leach from the BPF who said that is a real missed opportunity there to in incentivize uh, investment uh, and, and, you know, bringing uh, the green agenda closer to real estate. So that's another issue one of many <laughs> that is the other thing just to jump in again I think there was a real feeling that they didn't um do enough on yeah. the green agenda I think mm. that Rishi Sunak understandably was very focused on pandemic support but you know uh, with the kind of the 2030 climate goals that this government has got in place um there was not even really that much lip service to the climate emergency in this budget and I think a lot of people especially in property which is really gaining and has gained a lot of awareness of this issue in recent years um, there was a feeling that um, Rishi didn't really do enough on that front. Okay Alex well you, you told us that you're, you, you're anxious to see the the back end of this budget so let's let's put that aside for now and uh, <laughs> we, what else has been making the news this week? Yeah, I mean, um, outside of uh, what I've been calling Rishi Sunak's B-Day, uh, <laughs> which uh, Alex has already masterfully uh, broken down um, for us, um, there were some other interesting nuggets. So um, this week, um, the RICS uh, formally kicked off its consultation on its purpose and relevance for the professions um, that it serves. But, um, you know, already the industry is questioning whether the review can deliver the wholesale changes it needs so that it can um, recover not only its own reputation, but uh, surveyors' reputations too. Um, the implications are actually um, quite hard to summarise neatly, but I'm going to give it a give it a shot. Um, if anyone can do it, Bri, you can do it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no pressure. I mean, at the, <laughs> at the heart of it, um, RICS's leadership team um, has been under a lot of fire in light of some strong allegations of a cover-up a couple of years ago um, relating to the uh, abrupt dismissal of four NEDs um, after they uh, questioned why a political, um, sorry, not political, I've got politics on the brain, um, a critical <laughs> financial report into Treasury uh, controls wasn't shared internally. And the backlash from this uh, just triggered this absolute, like, a barrage of criticism about RICS, uh, you know, in the past couple of months and the value that it provides to its members, which must be, um, I think it was 133,000 members across the world. Um, I mean, you only have to log into LinkedIn and, and there'll be a post at the top from someone about it. Um, so um, Ricks gave in to pressure after uh, initially resisting and set up two reviews, one into uh, this audit stuff in 2018 and 2019 and uh, relating to the NEDs and uh, one into its broader purpose. And what's got people up in arms is that two of that same leadership team that have been criticised for, you know, the alleged way they handled audit matters back then are actually running the show on this purpose review. And one of its key areas is governance and transparency. 
And you can probably now begin <laughs> to see why people are finding this problematic. Um, where I mean, we're really only just kind of scratching the surface on this one. So you'll have to watch this space. But um, mm. the problems uh, seem to run quite deep. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, fundamentally, the, the view is that RICS seems to have lost its way uh, somewhere mm. along the line and dropped out of touch with its members. And it's you know, I'd, I'd be keen to emphasize that it, it from, you know, from the conversations I've been having with people, it's not that the industry particularly wants to see such an old and prestigious organization fail, uh, or once prestigious anyway, it's that people want it to support surveyors in the best way pos possible, and to kind of practice what it preaches and to see it even kind of kind of restored to its former glory. And maybe that will end up requiring a wholesale change in governance and transparency and openness. And I guess some people are questioning if that's in the best interests of its mm. leaders and in light of all the allegations, as well as, you know, in general, whether its leaders are prepared to roll up their sleeves and, and get to it. But this is likely going to become uh, <laughs> a recurring topic on uh, my guest spots here in future, <laughs> so, uh, just so you're aware. <laughs> I'll be happy to have you with a a Rick's update uh, on, on EGL LSM and uh, anything else um, been keeping you both busy? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess uh, there's, you know, stuff, uh, deals appear to be sort of uh, appearing uh, again, which is great. Mm -hmm. I mean, Alex has written uh, a great, uh, well, his coverage on uh, deals of late has been stellar. Um, and lately, you know, he's done one on um, Sir Alan, oh, sorry, not Sir Alan, Lord Alan. Sugar. Lord Sugar, Lord, <laughs> Lord Sugar. Sugar, don't get it wrong, don't get it wrong, he doesn't like being called Sir Alan Sir Sugar Alan. anymore, um, yeah, that's me told, <laughs> we're very, <laughs> we're very, I, I'm very gratified to see um, deals sort of starting up again in the office market, um, as you know, when I mentioned on my last appearance on this podcast, things were really not moving very mm. much at the start of the year, um, one of the few that one of the few buildings that did go to market was the Lever building, which uh, Lord Sugar um, previously owned. Um, it was part of his kind of quite wide property portfolio in London. Um, he owns quite a lot of office blocks. Um, this one's in Farringdon, and he I think he put it to market in January, um, and it's actually sold pretty quickly. Um, he's managed to get pretty much at the asking price for it and it's been bought by Merseyside Pension Fund which is a pension fund for um, public sector workers um, in Liverpool. Um, yeah I mean it's more broadly speaking it people do seem to be quite optimistic about um, the fact that things are happening again um, there is definitely even in, in places where there's not so much happening, like um, inward investment from abroad, uh, people still aren't able to travel. People are feeling a lot more optimistic now that there feels like there's light at the end of the tunnel. I think the same could probably be said for all sectors. But Boris Johnson's speech a few weeks ago, um, where he announced our roadmap for unlocking, has given everyone a kind of a new lease of life, I think. And um, it will be interesting to see how quickly the market picks up before people can visit the country. Um, but at the moment, there are definitely green shoots um, that perhaps weren't there in the in the dark recesses of winter. What do you think, Pui? Is it just sheer coincidence that Alex joined the office beat in January and suddenly the market <laughs> has picked up? <laughs> 
What can I say? <laughs> Welcome to the team, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if you've tuned into the last couple of episodes of EGLSM, but we do have a new feature, uh, which is the quiz of the week. Ooh. Uh, so, so far, Sam scored two and a half out of five, and then Tim uh, got an impressive three. But the, the top of the leaderboard is well up for grabs. So, Pui, as, as, as our news editor, are, are you willing to be put to the test? Oh, yeah. Wait, are, are we in competition? Well, I think I may, Alex can maybe lend a hand if you're struggling, but but Sam and Ooh. Tim may object to this. We, we may we, There may be repercussions for that level of... Uh, this is uh, going to be a very uh, unpleasant way for Alex to learn how competitive I can get. Question one. Which okay. immersive theatre company is looking for 40,000 square foot of space for a COVID secure production? That would be punch drunk. I thought I thought that was a gimme. That was a gimme question. <laughs> and this this has already come up. Uh, so uh, the local government pension fund, as we've mentioned, has swooped in to buy one of the most prominent buildings in Lord Sugar's property empire. What is the deal valued at? Oh, um, it was. Oh, I really want to say thirty-eight point five. That's impressive. Yes! I mean, Alex is nodding, and he knows. <laughs> Yeah. two out of two okay so question three is the missing words round can you complete the blank in the following headline oxford mall to add blank and student digs um it was uh was it labs wow she is on fire uh, i'm on three. a roll this could this could be this you could be top of the leaderboard forevermore so uh previously i've asked Sam and Tim, a legal and professional question uh, due to their, their, their magazine-wide purview. But because although I'm sure you're an avid reader of our section, you, you maybe haven't had a chance to get to it yet. It's probably something you, you save to enjoy over the weekend, I imagine, Pui. Is that right? Oh, of course. Yeah. 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 So instead, uh, we'll have a nugget from Sam's leader. JLL is seeking what percentage of its directors to be female by 2025? Oh no. Um, <laughs> um, well, I mean, I'll say, um, I'll say 100% because why not? <laughs> well, shoot, shoot for the moon, definitely. I mean, that, that should obviously be the target. It's actually 35%. Obviously. 35%. Uh, okay. 100%, maybe 2030. More reasonable. <laughs> okay, so final question, which is let's face it, the most important question. It's the diary question. I'm ready. Uh, but the, the diary this week, is, the diary question is also a sneaky legal question. So the court list for Manchester Crown Court caused a flutter of amusement on Monday because of a flock of legal eagles nesting together on the schedule. Can you remember the surnames of the three avian judges? I think, I, I, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I think I know what they are. <laughs> Um, so one was definitely a goose. One was a goose. Um, and then was there a duck QC? There was I a record, like the, Mr. Recorder duck QC. That's duck correct. QC. And um, the last one, I think, was a dove. Wow, that is amazing. Four out of five, we goes straight to the top of the leaderboard and it's going to take <laughs> some beating. Oh, I'm going to have to start thinking of uh, trash talk phrases. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So, well, Alex, you will no doubt seriously face... impressive. 
you will no Fine. doubt face the quiz on a future episode as we we spread it throughout the team. But we, we've you know, started with the uh, with the editorial team, and then we'll uh, we'll put others to the test. So you know what to expect now that people wait. know there's a missing word. And yeah, so. But yeah, uh, it's the it's our version of the Top Gear leaderboard, and at the minute, uh, Pui is out on top. But still, you know, still waiting for that five out of five. One week. Call uh, me a new English free port because you can't take me out of the zone. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, let's cut that. Let's cut that. <laughs> that's one for the blooper reel. <laughs> uh, I think that's got to stay in. Um, thank you very much uh, to both of you. Um, have you got big plans for the weekend? Same as, um, Same as every other weekend this year, <laughs> Jess. <laughs> maybe soon. Maybe soon there'll be some different plans. Uh, you have been listening to EG Like Sunday Morning. <laughs>